Welcome to UCLA Extension's Business Insights with Roger Trenaden, where we highlight hot topics and underlying economic trends useful to you. Today, Roger touches on the real estate financial market and six key sectors that correlate with the current unemployment rates. Don't forget to sign up for our free financial course where you will develop your own personal game plan. The damage to our economy and jobs is now coming in, but there's so much more in the pipeline. As previously mentioned, real estate market readings are always delayed as most reports are monthly versus the weekly reports of new unemployment claims, daily announcements of company bankruptcies, and daily Federal Reserve actions. That being said, we are including real estate market findings today, and you'll want to consider them whether you're a buyer, a seller, or a renter. This week, we'll focus attention on both residential and commercial real estate, in addition to key other sectors of the economy that so far are the most damaged. It's still too early to meaningfully discuss recovery, but we anticipate beginning this discussion in our next podcast. Since everyone is pretty well inundated with the repetitive news cycle and much below the economic surface is underreported, I'll focus today on the metrics or the numbers describing where we are, bringing in California-specific data as available. More details on what I'm covering are fairly easy to find because I'll show you where to look. And some of the information we cover is of special interest, and I know some of you will want to dig a little bit deeper, especially the California real estate marketplace that, in my view, is facing a major plunge in the months ahead. First off, we're pretty much at the point where the world is in an economic crisis, likely greater than the Great Depression. Although hard to estimate, the GDP of the United States could drop as much as 40 in our present second quarter. The most optimistic estimates range from a 10 to 20 percent drop, but I'm putting my money on the uh, 30 to 40 percent drop, I'm sorry to say. Either way, we are still in the decline period, evidenced by an initial 3.3 million new unemployed claims reported yesterday on May 14th. The official unemployment understates, by a pretty substantial amount, the real unemployment, as many part-time employees not qualifying for unemployment benefits are out of work, and this is not reported. Today's unemployment rate likely exceeds 25% across the United States, with California also right at 25% or more. We are moving past the Great Depression unemployment rate and have likely already exceeded it. As we've covered in prior podcasts, going back into 2019, the economy had already stalled well before COVID-19. We had no cushion or safety net. We had no resiliency, and this pre-2020 slowdown already had a downward momentum. Almost everyone is optimistically assuming that COVID-19 has peaked and is in decline. I certainly hope so and at the same time reluctantly note that this had better be the case for any kind of upcoming recovery. If we have to maintain lockdown conditions or have to return to them, all bets are off for a near-term recovery. And for me, near-term is the next year or two. I won't dwell on this, but COVID-19, with a continuation of lockdown strategies, 
will most likely change the United States already in major ways, including many employer bankruptcies, stock market declines, and substantial retirement account losses, including sustainability challenges to a number of pension funds themselves. In brief, we don't assume that a gradual reopening of our economy will happen immediately. And we will cover some of the early expectations before we wrap up today, but we will go into more depth in our next podcast. An important reason for our optimism in terms of a recovery includes gradual recoveries in some of the earlier impacted Asian countries, such as South Korea. So far, the more detailed data on official unemployment, which does not include part-time worker job losses, gives us a specific picture of job losses so far. The most impacted segments for job losses appear to be retail, restaurants, entertainment, hospitality, in other words, hotels, motels, airlines, and energy. These six sectors account for 21% of all U.S. employment, but they also account for the vast majority of those sectors that are unemployed or furloughed or are in the process of unemployment today. And these unemployment numbers in these six sectors could account for as much as two-thirds of all of the U.S. unemployment. That's a pretty rough estimate. Because as I said before, uh, the data at this point is less than complete, but it seems pretty realistic. Let's talk about some of the specific sectors. The retail sector at the end of 2019 accounted for about 16 million jobs. And most of those people who have worked at the end of 2019 in the retail sector, they're out of a job or they're furloughed already. In parallel, large retail bankruptcies constantly make the news, including J. Crew and Neiman Marcus, with the rating agencies expecting the worst for a long list of regional and national retailers. Smaller bankruptcies are plentiful and below the news radar screen, but when you do drive through your own business districts, you can see it almost everywhere, with empty stores that were open in 2019 and growing commercial locations for sale, for lease, or for rent. The second largest sector of the six is restaurants, with over 12 million people employed at the end of 2019. Again, most have lost their jobs. By the way, all reported jobs are not included in the tens of thousands of businesses that are barely hanging on. CARES, the CARES program of loans and grants, unfortunately is becoming ineffective pretty rapidly as locally imposed closures do not allow the borrowers or potential borrowers to meet the requirements for loan forgiveness. In brief, the CARES program did not anticipate the lockdown environment continuing as long as it has so far, which now we're getting toward the middle of May. During this period, businesses were presumed to be reopening And the CARES program was built upon essentially a two-month period of providing money to keep workers employed, but the businesses were closed and they remain closed or operating at such a low rate. Employment isn't economical. This is a serious problem. The third largest sector, employment sector, is entertainment and recreation of the six. Having had two and a half million jobs, and this two and a half million job total is rapidly disappearing, The fourth largest is hospitality or hotel-motel employers. Over 2 million jobs were hanging in the balance with many lost so far. The fifth and sixth are airlines with a half a million employed at the end of last year and energy with about 200,000. 
Both are suffering massive losses in March and April. Unfortunately, these major areas of both past employment and present job losses, retail, restaurant, entertainment, hotels, may account for a half to two-thirds of all the official job losses, and in my opinion, account for millions more part-time jobs lost. The big problem regarding business sustainability and future employment prospects is that these sectors seem to be pretty assuredly the last ones to recover. A partial reopening of these heavily weighted sectors will not be enough for the companies to remain financially sustainable. Imagine large shopping center stores or even restaurants having enough revenues to pay rent, utilities, staffing costs, insurance, advertising, parking, common area charges, and so forth, with only being allowed to have one-third or so of the customers. Even at 100% of the customers that these sectors had in 2019, many of the companies were earning profits of only a few cents per dollar of sales. So you can imagine, I think, if one only has a third or a half of those sales, that the losses just have to be huge. Let's talk a bit about the California economy. The good news for California so far seems that the first-time claims for unemployment peaked the last week of March at 1.1 million. The bad news is that weekly new unemployment claims continue week-to-week at a rate of over 300,000. California unemployment, including part-time job losses, is assuredly close to or more than the national average of more than 25%. Let's move to real estate for a few minutes. California's home sales and home prices will likely decline significantly as April, May, and June data begins to come in. We know that the NAHB Wells Fargo Housing Market Index for the United States dropped from 82 in February to 79 in March to 32 in April. During the 2008-09 Great Recession, this index bottomed in the high teens for the pre-summer selling months, then declined further by year-end during the off-peak months. We think the next monthly report will show us at or under the Great Recession level, but prospects for recovery at this time are quite different and more negative. The 0809 Great Recession was a real estate-generated crisis, and it was mitigated by stabilizing the real estate debt markets. This time, we are in a global crisis, and the real estate is the fallout. The global crisis cannot yet be said to be under control. So the fallout is likely to continue for a long time. The commercial real estate market in California, which we already referred to, has an additional major long-term problem that few seem to think about. We know that stores and office buildings are becoming empty as firms go out of business or downsize or encourage more remote work from home. What is not covered in the news is that the commercial real estate market does not have any bailout in motion as does residential through new non-eviction rules and checks sent to supplement personal incomes to pay rent expense. As far as I can determine, commercial property owners and investors are on their own with highly financially leveraged properties, which is the industry norm. An unexpected consequence will be that many banks, real estate investment trusts, non-bank mortgage lenders, and so forth will face bankruptcies this year and next. 
California historically has been a major beneficiary of real estate development, construction, and large building projects, and they all relied on large amounts of borrowing. And this is a serious future issue. We don't have the California data, but we do know nationally that major funders of residential mortgages have been experiencing rapidly expanding defaults or non-payments of mortgage obligations. The first week of March, only one quarter of 1% of payments were not made to Ginnie Mae, Fannie Mae, and Freddie Mac. As of the first week of May, this quarter percent had grown to almost 8%, so 32 times, and still counting. And this is a, in a period of historically low interest rates with mortgages originated before COVID-19. My concern is the California real estate market, both residential and commercial, will be facing more seriously bad news for the state, across the state, and this is going to be pretty much the same in a lot of the large states. I think this, this bad news is unavoidable now, and it's serious enough to frighten new potential homeowners, new business formation, and especially the mortgage lenders themselves. I don't fear for the banks, as the Fed will bail them out no matter what. My concern is for the past and present employees and the financial sustainability of their employers. The Federal Reserve and even Congress is making trillions of dollars of new monies available, but it may not have enough long-term impact. Monies paid to individuals and families are for months or month-to-month -month expenses, and it's impossible for the federal government to be the long-term supporter replacing employers. The new money for small business is reaching less than half of the small businesses and had usage time limits that conflict with local shutdown regulations. An important note is almost half of all small businesses across the United States are presently shut down, and small business employs about two-thirds of all the United States employees. As the small businesses fail to reopen, the vast pool of employees are at risk, long-term risk. So where does all this lead? Best case, with no COVID-19 closed down, our futures will likely be defined in these ways, especially California, since small business plays such an important role. First of all, many small companies will not survive, particularly those who were operating close to survival mode last year. Many jobs will just not come back. The result, large companies will become larger in terms of percent of all revenues and profits across the U.S. We'll have fewer restaurants, and the survivors will be winners in takeout. Formal dining restaurants will be particularly challenged. Secondly, digital commerce will continue to replace brick-and-mortar retailers and more quickly. Personal service models will change to more at-home service as appropriate, and prices for these services are bound to increase, I think. Three, the overall economic numbers will likely not return to 2019 levels until 2022 or 2023, not this year or next, in my opinion. The 30-plus million job losses will not be recovered until 2023 or later, with many changes in the jobs market, including more permanent work-at-home positions. Number four, education and credentialing will change in favor of lower cost online job or career preparation, given that a small elite marketplace will always exist for the top universities. In total, it seems increasingly unlikely we'll experience a quick recovery, but we will recover over a longer time frame, several years in my estimation. 
The stock market may well have at least one more large sell-off, as multiple sell-offs and short-term counter-trends seem to almost always occur in panics and crises. In our U.S. history, we've experienced 40 or so panics, crises, recessions, and depressions. We have a lot of data to draw upon. Actually, the worst depression was in the late 1800s and lasted far longer than the Great Depression of the 1930s. But I don't want to go back too far and create bad news for the sake of covering more depressions. It seems likely that given two or three years, employment will be healthier and the stock market could even hit new highs. There's a lot of money in the global bond markets and this money during a period of anticipation or anticipated ahead of a recovery could well attract a lot of that money into stocks, stock ownership. But this year and next year will be really rocky. Based on prior and recent crises, as well as the record debt throughout our financial system, we fully expect a volatile stock market and issues in the bond market before arriving at a more stable economy. In brief, the high unemployment and small business bankruptcies will strain our banks and other lenders, including our cities and states that have overspent and increased their own debts over many years. These issues will certainly negatively impact pension funding, which will move front and center as an even bigger issue any time now. Based on the magnitude and complexities of our issues, we're offering a free online class that begins May 21st. You may enroll now, even if you are listening to this later than May 21st. Our new free class spans six weeks, and enrollments are now available at www.uclaextension.edu. Just scroll to the bottom of this homepage, then click on No Cost Educational Resources and Tools, down to the box labeled The 2020 Panic, What's Next?, Navigating Panics, Recessions, and Recoveries. Please click on this course and take advantage of a free enrollment. Ideally, I want each of you to form your own expectations and game plans. You'll be far more comfortable using a small number of key resources to make your own plans than to rely on the media to stir up your emotions every day. And as I mentioned last week, the reporters, with very few exceptions, are not knowledgeable or particularly helpful in contributing useful ideas and strategies. Our free course fills in many gaps that have actually existed in our brief podcasts. And finally, please remember to email me on anything uh, at rtornaden, that's R-T-O-R-N-E-D-E-N, at uclaextension.edu. We'll have more to discuss and share in two weeks. Be sure to email us at rtornadin at uclaextension.edu on more specific questions, which we will answer either personally or select as part of our future podcast. Hosted by Business and Legal Programs Director Roger Tornadin. This podcast is presented by UCLA Extension and produced by Jamie Moss at Studio 10960. These podcasts are made for educational purposes and are not financial advice. The goal is to educate and provide resources on focused economic and job trends with the latest support research so that you can make more informed financial and career decisions that best suit your personal needs. UCLA Extension offers more than 5,000 online and in-classroom courses taught by over 2,000 leading practitioners to help you get from here to there. 
For more information on this podcast or our financial and legal programs, please check us out at www.uclaextension.edu. We know it's about your life, not just your money. 